podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. On uh, it's actually a pretty sunny morning here. This is the morning after the night before, and obviously, we're talking about the Man City game. And, and first of all, guys, I do have a little confession to make. We had a podcast ready to go last night, but it got a bit wild. I'm going to be honest; it got it got wilder, and the the ranting happened, and and, and it it got it got pretty wild, and. This isn't me trying to big up or trying to trying to make anything of uh, of us as a podcast. I just think that what we want to do today is we want to show you maybe the Jekyll and Hyde that sometimes can happen in the in the heat of the moment when you're when you're actually speaking about certain instances after directly after matches and then maybe when you've had some time to calm down. Um, so this podcast is going to be a small bit different. We're going to give a, give you our the day after the night before our events now and then at the end for those of you who like our renting. I'm going to put some of the more sanitized versions in there. It, it got a bit Arsenal fan TV last night. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I think both of us, put it this way, when you get to the end of the podcast and, you, and at the end of the podcast, you feel you need to apologize for nearly 90% of what you said. Um, I, think I think it's better to kind of sleep on the content and then to, then to release uh, when the next day. But uh, that's my little disclaimer for the start of this podcast. But for any of you who do enjoy our rantings we will put some of the more uh, sanitized versions the rants they will be in there so don't worry the passion and the and the fury over last night will still be there um and as always you will be able to hear paddy uh go off on one as well but paddy is here as well this morning and how are you feeling i presume you didn't sleep very well last night paddy at all no i didn't and i can't promise this is going to be too sanitized either (laughs) (laughs) well that's okay Uh that's I'm, okay. I'm, still, I'm still feeling the effects of, of what went on and I'm, I'm tired. I'm still pissed off. And <laughs> where do we begin? <laughs> yeah, I think I think what we're going to begin with as well is because there will be an awful lot of of, of ramble uh, later on in this podcast. I think what we will begin with is the positives. OK, we'll start everybody off on the positives and keep. Uh, and keep, I suppose, discussion on on everything else for for uh, the latter half of this podcast. But I'm going to talk about the positives. Matty Tarrant, yes. what a player! What a player he's turned into. Um, we, absolutely we, immense. He went with a, a, like absolutely unquestioned England starter, one of the best, probably one of the best twenty players, thirty players in the world uh, in world football. And Raheem Sterling went toe to toe with him, kept him quiet. Matty Target. I found out this morning was a confirmed COVID case uh, over the last couple of weeks. He had the most, ta- he put in the most tackles in the whole game and he only played, uh, he only played 75 minutes. He was everywhere. I thought he was fantastic. And it's not often that we start off with a Laker sportsman in a match, but the Laker sportsman in a match, I think last night was Matty Target. I think he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and definitely, definitely a highlight. 
But I think what that showed is last night's game showed that we can, like, we're not a flash in the pan with regards to holding our own with the big teams. Uh, we're certainly not. Like, if you can come back after a two and a half week break, almost three week break, and you can hold your own with a team like that, and basically up until the 79th minute, make sure that, that, that you can defend and that you can actually put them under pressure as well at the other end. This bodes well for Aston Villa. It does. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're right to start with the positives because we've, we've, <clears throat> we've undoubtedly had a pretty poor couple of weeks on, on all fronts for the club. It's been worrying. Um, and to see everybody except uh, what appears to be the only one missing is uh, Courtney House. And I mm. hope he's doing well and I hope he's recovering well and... You know, I could be way off the mark. He could be. He could be just have. He could just have an injury, but uh, chances are it, it is COVID related. But look, the the guys that went out there last night, I was worried. I was worried about, and and they did. And let's be honest, they were a bit leggy as the game went on, and that's fair enough. They they were a bit rusty. McGinn gave away the ball a couple of times, which yeah. were unnecessary. Um, so like it's not all roses in the garden but you know there were some standout performances there I thought the whole back four were absolutely immense I, I, I don't think you could fault anybody I think we had 28 blocks I, I'd, I'd say that must be some kind of record <laughs> mm. mind you we probably had more blo- blocks in that game against Liverpool I don't know we'd have to check out the stats Good. but look it's it, it, it is what it is we, we, we've uh, we've got the vast majority of them now with 90 minutes under a belt, albeit we have to worry now about the injury to Matt Target and how bad it is. And fingers crossed it's it's not too bad and he might only be out for a game or two. Um, uh, John McGinn obviously picked up a yellow card, so he's going to be missing on Saturday. Mm. Um, Which is a bit before- of a pain in the balls because, uh, you know, we've just gotten rid of Conor Horan, you know, and he was yeah. the player who played in his stead. Now it looks like it's going to be Jacob Ramsey that comes in in that in that instance against my, against Newcastle. But you would think so, yeah. Just and 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 we can get booked for. I know, in fairness, I think he did boot the ball about forty yards away after after Douglas Luiz gave away a foul. But yeah, uh, well, re- regardless of whether he stood over a free kick or kicked the ball away. Uh, the, the referees have set a precedent all season by not booking people for that thing. Mm. You go back to when we played Man United on New Year's Day. Our oh, yeah. goal, our yeah. goal came from twice somebody tried to block our, our quick free kick and nothing yeah. was done. Yeah. So, you know, th- that was the start of my ire towards this absolutely <laughs> excuse for a referee because there's a litany of things behind him now of, of, of things he's done. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the blood is starting to boil here again, Neil. So That's <laughs> any okay. more positive, any That's more okay. positivities to add to it? Yeah, I do. I've, I've, I've got a very positive uh, bit to take. I love looking at, uh, I love looking at how this front three, I'm going to call it front four, uh, set up. Uh, I think Bertrand Troy, Bertrand Troy's flick. Oh my Jesus Christ! Like this guy can do things. <laughs> yes, the one thing, he, the one he can do absolutely amazing things in the field. Probably the one thing he can't do is shoot with his right foot. But hopefully that's going to come at some stage. <laughs> um, but my God, that flick that he did! Like Steve McManaman nearly wet his knickers over it. It was absolutely fantastic, you know. And Jack Grealish's, Jack Grealish's little stab, the ball coming out of there, just stabs it to the right-hand side. Oh, it was just beautiful. This team is fun to watch. We are a very good team. Um, but I love looking at, I, I love looking at Ali Watkins. 
in the first half of this game, Ollie Watkins gave an absolute clinic about how to play in between two 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 defenders. And uh, when a team is on the on, on the counter attack, he gave a clinic about how to keep those two defenders when because they were they were bombing their their right and their, their left backs uh, forward at, at every opportunity. Cancelo had had opportunities to even score. He hit the crossbar, and uh, Kyle Walker was probably a small bit more subdued, but he did. But because Jack Grealish would come back and help maybe a small bit more on that side, Kyle Walker was dragged up the field. But the aspect for to Ollie Watkins was, Ollie Watkins was brilliant at keeping those two defenders condensed in the middle of the field and making mm-hmm. sure that both of them had to keep an eye on him by swapping between the shoulder of both defenders. He was then gave him an opportunity to come deep, pick up the ball, a couple of times as well, he swapped to Traore. He went out onto the right-hand side. I noticed that a good good few times, maybe about three times, should I say, in the first half. I just thought he gave a clinic on how to play up front on your own for a counter-attacking team, who, for a, a centre-forward who wanted to create space because he's not going to be uh, you know, a big battering ram centre-forward. We know that because he's diminutive in, in, in height. But his movement and... and his movement is just absolutely fantastic. Like it's brilliant. I know he's not getting the goals, but they're going to come. And I actually fancy him to score uh, against Newcastle at the weekend. I just think he has another fantastic matchup against their centre halves as well. But uh, if any, like the, it's it's just if if you want to learn how to do it, he did a brilliant job last night. It's and I think it's Craig Shakespeare because it reminded me an awful lot of Jamie Vardy when Jamie Vardy would have would have had to play up top in his own. You know, he does this kind of effervescent kind of moving, swapping between going in behind the centre halves, in between the two of them, moving to the right hand side and so on. Uh, it, it, it must be a Craig Shakespeare thing, I think. But uh, Jesus, it was good to see. And I know he I have I know he doesn't get that much credit for it, but I feel I have to give him credit. And I think that was a big positive as well. Uh, the, just to see how well he plays against a, a top, top defensive um, pairing uh, like like Diaz and Stones. And you know he's he's been that way ever since he arrived. Um, he's seen and you know we've discussed it before. It's very hard to see the movement that he does off screen mm. because you're you're literally looking at a TV screen. But I'm looking forward to the day where we can we'll sit in the stand. But well, I'm looking forward to the day we sit in the stand anyway. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to sitting in the stand and watching his watching his movements because uh, um, you read all of the the. The print news, what how they talk about his movement and what he what he does without the ball, and it, it, I'm just so looking forward to, to seeing it. And it's a, it's a pity we don't get a true reflection of that on the TV, because you you get uh, you get Twitter keyboard warriors that are complaining that he's not scoring enough goals, and you know they said to you before, once the goals come, it doesn't matter where they come from. So if if he's doing the work to 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 give those guys the the freedom to go and, and bomb on and score goals. From from the wing, from midfield, whatever it is, it, that's good enough for me. Mm. Um, it's we're, we're we're looking now at you know we've got Ross Barkley back. <clears throat> we we look a completely different machine with him there. The the, the, the opponents are frightening of us, albeit he looked a bit rusty like the rest of them, and you know you have to make allowances for that too. I think we'll be better on Saturday night, and uh, I think this game will stand to us. Yeah, absolutely. I I think so too. Um, we did. Uh, we went into the podcast last night as well. About we don't know how many of these players were a positive test. Uh, the, the the I thought as well. You know, we got we got we got to look kind of reality in the eye here as well. If we had lost two 0 to Man City and there were two worldies, 
I don't think that anybody would have said anything. Or even if there were just two goals that didn't have controversy in them, I don't think anybody would have said anything. He would have said, listen, great performance. <laughs> Sucks to lose. You know, never want to lose any game. But Man City are a genuine title contender. Um, and all the money they've spent, they've got Pep Guardiola. It just shows where we can where we can uh, live within this league. We can live with the big boys. Yeah. And I think that would have been fair. And I don't think either of the two of us would have lost a minute's sleep last night over it. But I think the fact that uh, and kind of steering it away from what I uh, I genuinely feel is an injustice again uh, from the v- from VAR and from officiating, and we will get into that in a moment. I feel mm. that this uh, we are and Rome wasn't built in a day. Nobody even expected us to have this many points accumulated right now. But that's not a point. That's not the point about feeling aggrieved about what happened. What I'm trying to say here is that. The building blocks of this team are very strong. This this management setup is very strong. And uh, yes, we are in tenth or eleventh position at the moment. But I fully believe that if that that game last night just shows where we are going to go, and shows that we like uh, people have been waiting for the wheels to fall off Aston Villa. And yes, they can say maybe now that we're down in tenth and eleventh, that the, the argument is there to be made that, that they kind of have. But we've held our own with all the big boys. Last year, we were getting overrun. It was just like a case of, you know, they're going to score just before halftime. They're going to score after halftime. They're going to score late in the game. And it's going to be 3-0 to, to whatever team from the top six. That's the way it was. Yeah. Whereas this year, it's not. This year, it's it's a completely different beast. And after COVID, I was wondering, would we see that? And and we did. We saw that. Uh, we saw that last night. And thoroughly proud of the team for the way that they played. Now, Paddy. Was it offside? Let's fucking get this one out of the way. Right. Well, <laughs> for, for the dog in the street. Excuse me. For the dog <laughs> in the street, he was offside. Yes. For, um, and bear in mind after the game, I flicked around and I had to listen to the, the wonderful uh, words of uh, Ferdinand, Michael Owen, uh, the usual. Uh, high-end footballer and and they all said in fairness to them they all said he's offside yeah so um what i'd like to know is when these when these clowns sit down to make these rules the clowns that have obviously never played the game that don't understand what's going on here they they have inserted a loophole and even if it is a loophole did mings have complete control of the ball you know which interpretation of it is it is it touching the ball is it what happens if Mings heads the ball back to mm-hmm. uh, Emmy Martinez and he nips in and scores is he not in an outside position then it's so much of a grey area I, I actually don't know what we're talking about mm. yeah. and <laughs> let's be honest those those, those officials ha- have got this directive or, or, or rule or law as they like to call them and um, as far as I'm concerned, they're a law unto themselves and they can inter- interpret it whatever way they like. And uh, it's, it, I, I, you know, haven't played, anyone that's played football, anybody, including Ferdinand, Michael Owen, anyone else I listened to last night, before some know-it-all gave a rule book to uh, Dermot Gallagher, I think it was, because Peter, Peter Walton came out and went, enduring the game and went, mm. no, he's off, so that shouldn't have counted. Yes, there McGallagher had a, a rule or a law book shoved under his nose and pointed out exactly where this law has come in. No, so he was wrong. 
they've, they've, uh, we, we, we'll, yeah. we'll go into that. You'll hear our rantings and that, our more passionate rantings and that in a while. But um, yeah, where where like it, you can you can find another law that debunks that law as well because there's specific semantic words within it. You know, the, and, and semantics matter when you're looking at a rule book. You know, the, the derivatives of words, the actual wording of of certain things matters, and it clearly matters in this instance. And you 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 know. <laughs> I'm 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 just at a loss now, you know. Have haven't haven't slept on it, albeit I didn't get much sleep. I'm I'm still none the wiser. Um, obviously, you get aficionados and people who think they know it all, saying, you know, oh yes, by the letter of the law, he's offside, or he's he's onside. He's he's completely within his rights to challenge that ball. It's wrong. We saw Cristiano Ronaldo after we recorded the, the yes. podcast last night do exactly the same thing. And what happened? Referee blows his whistle. He's offside. Mm. So it's one rule in Italy and one rule in... Uh, yep. I'll keep calling them rules because I know it pisses referees off when I call them rules. <laughs> Laws of the game. <laughs> and I have two referees in my family. So uh, <laughs> it's the rules of the game. I don't give a shit about your laws. <laughs> you can shove yeah. them up your arse as far as yeah. I'm concerned after last night because the law is an ass. The law can be interpreted whatever way, whatever celebrity referee the, the Premier League put out there. Um, and, you know, we, we just, we, we proved that earlier on when we're talking about the, uh, John McGinn getting the yellow card when the two Man United players didn't get a yellow card against us whatever it was, three weeks ago. So it's one rule for them and one rule for us. And I guarantee you that this this title race for me is completely fabricated. Man United have no reason to be there, but for the absolute dodgy decisions they've got over the last 10 weeks. Uh, they were completely out of touch until they started getting the decisions. Um, Liverpool, not so much this season. Man City, as we saw, can get those uh, um, decisions when they need it, albeit they don't need it too often. Um, look, let's call a spade a spade. We're beaten by the better side, but we shouldn't be beaten in the way we were beaten. Yeah, I would much. I, I would have had a much better night's sleep uh, talking about a four or five nil defeat by a team like that. But because we did so well and really put it up to them for eighty minutes until this happened, we're now looking at two decisions like. He was in absolutely no doubt that Maddie Cash handled the ball as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, nothing Cash could have done in that instance there. Look, No, and you can't jump without your arms in the air. So his arm is in a natural position. The ball was going wide. It wasn't on target. And, you know, I bring you back three weeks again when Harry Maguire handled the ball with, with his yes. hands in the yep. exact same position. And nobody bat an eyelid or even mentioned it afterwards in any of the commentary. Mm -hmm. So... There's one rule for them and one rule for us. And anybody that tells me otherwise, you're talking absolute shite. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think that's a good, that's an actual great point. We'll continue this ire with, uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, with some <laughs> excerpts from last night. Um, from what we, sorry guys, I've got a cough here. This, <laughs> I think I'm allergic to VAR. I think that's what's going on. Um, I think but, it's the sunshine today making you cough. Isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's different. That's something that I haven't seen in a while. Guarantee you that. But uh, yeah, so guys, listen, we're gonna we're gonna put in some of our uh, after match feelings. I think on VAR uh, to end the podcast here now. And um, listen, we'll be back to you before the Man City game. Newcastle. Ah shit, the Newcastle game. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Man City's still <laughs> on my mind. All right. Anyway, still here come the excerpts. You know, controversies and, and so on, uh, which are almost part and parcel of the game now, which they shouldn't be. Um, reared their ugly head again in Manchester in the pouring rain in Manchester after 79 minutes of absolutely fantastic work from Aston Villa. But Paddy, firstly, before we get into the game, what's your initial feelings on what happened less than about an hour ago? Well, in, in all fairness, about five minutes before it happened, I did say there was a goal coming. It was as obvious as hell there was a goal coming. I didn't see it coming in the manner that I did. And mm. that's what has me as mad as hell now. <laughs> because bear in mind that these guys have been out for three weeks, give or take, uh, completely rusty, not played first team games, uh, not even trained because they couldn't go near the training ground. And they've just put in an epic performance. And what are we talking about? Some Mickey Mouse rule that some gobshite that has never played the game has invented, and it makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely as if no relevance to anything I've ever played in my life as a, as a footballer. And now we're looking back on what the hell just happened here. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, well, it shouldn't make any sense to you, Paddy, uh, because I'll tell you what. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, there's, I've, I've been sent by an actual referee in a bridged version of this actual rule, which defines what an offside is. So an offside offence is a player in an offside position at the moment the ball is placed or touched by a teammate is only penalised and becoming involved in active play by, and then there's a list of um, there's a list of, of actions they have to make when they become active, become involved in the active play. And on this list is challenging an opponent for the ball or making an obvious action which clearly impacts the ability of an opponent to play the ball or clearly attempting to play a ball which is close when the action impacts on an opponent. So is anybody anybody actually going to stand up and say that that didn't happen? But they can talk about, oh, yeah, he deliberately controlled it. Of course he fucking deliberately controlled it. Because your man was offside. He's a footballer. Of course he deliberately so, controlled it. What's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to let the ball go over his head in order to get somebody called offside? This thing is off the scale of how bad it is. And it, it won't even be spoken about because in true television form, they put us on at six o'clock and put Man United on at a quarter past eight and they moved it at the last minute to put us on at six o'clock so that they can go straight into the Man United coverage if they rob us. This title race is completely fabricated. They've drawn Man City, Man United into this race at Liverpool. It's an absolute joke and a travesty what's happened there tonight. And we should be talking about how hard those players worked, how, how much effort was put into that performance. Instead, we're talking about, uh, some people say it's in, it's in the laws because they're not allowed to call them rules because every fucking idiot with a referee calls them laws. Mm. Who cares what they're fucking called? They are what governs the game. This is absolutely 110% wrong for anybody who's ever played the game in their life, unless they're a referee or a Man City fan, this is wrong. Even my father, who's 76 years of age, took to Facebook tonight to say it was wrong. 
It shouldn't have. It shouldn't have happened. And the worst thing that happened to this is the second goal went in. If the second goal hadn't gone in, this would have been a bigger deal. And I go back to the fact that we spoke to you uh, in our last podcast about my last visit to the Etihad when David Silva stuck out his toe and diverted it past our goalkeeper in an offside position, then confronted the referee to say, I got the last touch, put me down as the goal scorer. I went back after the game tonight. Guess who was on VAR that night? John fucking Moss. Yeah. Man isn't able to do it. And, And look... I probably shouldn't have said that, but this is a lot of shite. Like, Dean Smith gets sent off tonight as well. Look, this is another problem we have. Dean Smith gets sent off for being right, number one. But what he said, did you hear what he said, Paddy? He said, they, um, he asked the linesman, did he get juggling balls for Christmas? I, 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 love to, I love to know some of your lip reads are actually translated. No, Dean Smith word. said it. Dean Smith you know, said it. In his, he probably did say that because he, he's a man of his word all along. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got juggling balls, and then he gives him a straight red. We're going to be without Dean Smith for at least one, potentially three games. If I don't know, does that does the same thing happen for ma- for managers or not? I I I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I guess uh, it's probably different if you're, if you're in the perceived big four that bring the money and the fans and everything else to the league, yeah. or, or you're just in the 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 plebs that make up this division this corrupt. the other 14 and there's a there's a website called the other 14 it's it's absolutely pointless it's absolutely pointless if, if if this is the way the premier league is going to be you know what bring us back to the championship because it's much much better to watch there is absolutely no way that in this day and age that anyone in their fucking right mind is saying that he's not offside when you bear in mind that they draw lines if you, I'll bring you back to uh, last season when we played Burnley, the day Wesley got injured. Wesley was called offside in the build-up to Jack Grealish scoring a header. Yep. Wesley didn't even touch the ball. Didn't even didn't even get involved in the play. And he was called offside and the goal was disallowed. And then we've got this fucking shite off coming up with this tonight. If this is the law of the game, there's, some, there's somebody out there making rules that has never played the game in their lives. Yeah. Because... But like what? What is Ty- like Tyrone Mings is getting absolute pelters on Twitter by people who know nothing about football, and he's just you know he's taking the ball down, going that guy is no right to be getting involved in the play. He's fifteen yards offside. Fifteen. He was on the edge of the box. It's unbelievable. Paddy. There's a rule here that's also just been sent to me here that says a player in an offside position receiving the ball from an opponent who deliberately plays the ball, including a deliberate handball, is not considered to have gained an advantage unless it was a deliberate save by an opponent. Okay, so this is this is the rule here. We're down to semantics. Okay, so the rule I the rule I read to you there a moment ago is the definition of offside. This one here says a player in an offside position receiving the ball. Tyrone Mings did not pass him the ball. He came from an offside position and he came and he tackled Tyrone Mings for the ball. So if they're good, that's the rule that they used. So if they're going to use that rule, they're fucking wrong. Like there's just no two ways about it. That is wrong. It's the wrong rule to use. Like I, I'm, I'm, 
uh, like they picked the rule to suit it, receiving the ball. Tyrone Mings didn't head the ball to him. Tyrone Mings didn't pass the ball back to the goalkeeper and, and pass it to him by mistake. Tyrone Mings controls the ball. He gets tackled by this player who's coming back from an offside position. That is not the rule. The rule here says the offside position, receiving the ball. On BT Sports, they tried to make they tried to make it like it was an actual thing. And what they said was, oh, once Mings touches the ball, it's actually fair game. It's not fair game. A player you know what, I've seen, I've seen so many variations from, yeah. from an opponent who deliberately plays the ball. That's, so how does he receive the ball there in that instance? Tyrone Mings has control of it and he gets fucking tackled from an offside position. Whatever happened what to nothing. Jesus Christ, play. like... <laughs> oh, I'm just... Sorry, Paddy, I'm talking over you now in my fury. Go on, sorry. No, I'm just... I'm, I'm so enraged, you know... I'd much prefer to be to be talking here about a, a decent performance from guys who haven't played in so many weeks. If 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 the idiots in FIFA think that that's perfectly okay, by the time the end of play goes tomorrow and they haven't changed that rule, well then there's something. Well, wrong. they won't. They won't because I don't think it's a FIFA. I, I I would be surprised if you know because they're not going to because it's not it's not a high profile enough situation. Um, look, they didn't bring in VAR directly after. Didn't bring in very directly after the Terry on Rehan ball, you know. Uh, why would they? Make, and and that was potentially like a, 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 of a bigger scale, you know. That was an international game and so on, you know. So like, um, this left to be lobbied, end of year stuff, and and it won't be, it won't be changed. But it's 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 open, it's now open to to a lot of interpretation for precedent and whatever you want, to, whatever way you want to call it. And we're going to see a team that will tell their striker to, to linger offside. If you remember, of course do you remember, do you remember in rugby about four, about three years ago, Conor O'Shea was over, was over Italy. And this is some tangent. I think this might be the biggest tangential turn <laughs> I've ever taken on the podcast. Okay. I'm sure the listeners will tell me otherwise, but do you remember, remember when um, England were trying to engage Italy in, uh, in malls and rocks. And it, yeah. the Italian guys were just standing Italians off, didn't. and and yeah. because they and because it, it, England were committing people to the rocks, and the Italians didn't. It was basically a free for all, and English didn't know what to do. And the Italians had found a rule. So essentially, you know, the rule is, you can literally stand offside as long as you don't touch the ball, or even you know what, you know what? How's about we become a long ball team and we park ten men behind the ball and leave Watkins offside all day long, and then if. The defender, all he has to do is run towards the defender when they try and when they try and take the ball down out of the air. Run towards him and tackle him straight away, and then see how long it'll be. How many times he gets caught offside? See how many times he doesn't get caught offside. If he if if he never gets a goal out of it, still it's now part of the rules. It's 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 there. The rule has been highlighted. Let's how's what we exploit it. So I don't know. And you know who's do you know who's going to exploit this now? And I, I Bruno Fernandes. We're all thinking no, Bruno no, Fernandes. No. There's an, an even bigger man or a better player. Sadio Mane. We're all thinking Sadio Mane. <laughs> you know, I guarantee you the three players they're going to be looking at this because their manager is going to get on to them in the morning is Callum Robinson, Pereira and Robson Canu because oh, Big Sam will be on the case. Yeah. Big Sam. The three the of them front. will be sitting in beside that high line. <laughs> There we go. Big sound. Just waiting to exploit this rule come the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And look, who knows? Who knows? And look, this is probably the most salty podcast I think we've ever done. We just want it. We just want it right, Paddy. We just want it where we don't have to all fil- flick through a rule book and try and find it. And look, they can find a rule here. And I'm seeing it. Jake Humphrey. I love Jake Humphrey. I think he's really, really good. 
he's got this this outlined here saying that this is the this is the rule. I can show him a counter rule. Also, I can show him a counter rule that is less ambiguous than this rule. Because this rule says that when a player in an offside position receiving the ball from an opponent, like he didn't receive it. Tyrone Minks controls the ball and he tackles him coming from an offside position. He, he willfully puts himself into, in, into the action. He willfully becomes active. Not yeah. It wasn't the case of where the ball hits off Tyrone Mings or where, the, where Tyrone Mings tries to play a pass to someone else and uh, therefore uh, this guy can sneak in and, and get the ball off him. That wasn't the case. So I don't know. I don't know. Look, look, we'll be here till the cows come. It really doesn't matter anyway, Paddy, because we've lost two now. So there we go, guys. That is basically our views, uh, both in the cold light of day, the day afterwards and the sanitized version of a podcast that uh, we we did the night uh, directly after the game as well. Um, look, there's going to be better days than we had yesterday. There's going to be better officiated games that we're going to have yesterday. And uh, we've got a very, very quick turnaround, as I say, with Newcastle on Saturday night. So want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. want to thank everybody for all the engagement. Please like, share, subscribe, retweet, whatever you guys can do to help us. Um, it costs nothing to do it and I really appreciate all the work that you guys do in trying to spread, spread the podcast it means an awful lot to myself and Paddy uh, onwards towards Newcastle we're going to have a couple of podcasts coming out over the next few days with a couple of guests but until then all that's left to say is up the fella Podcast Network.